Hello and welcome to your mindful hour. I'm your host, Melissa Marks. I interview people of all walks of life who are bringing some element of meditation or mindfulness into their lives. Today, I have the honor and privilege of interviewing Robin Finney of Wandering Ant. She is a solo nomadic world traveler, empowerment coach, writer, yoga teacher, and ant extraordinaire. She shares what it was like to quit her corporate job of 11 years to travel and build a business around empowering others through travel. Even if that doesn't sound like your life path, Robin shares so many important insights about challenging ourselves, stepping out of our comfort zones, and self-empowerment. I loved this conversation, and I hope you do too. Hey, Robin, it's so good to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome. My guest today is Robin Finney with Wandering Ant. Thank you, Melissa. I'm so excited to be here. I am very excited for you to be here. I am going to use this totally selfishly to learn from you. Tell us about you. Yeah, so I'm Robin Finney, and my website, social handle, um, people know me as Wandering Ant, and I like to say it's A-U-N-T. I have um, five littles, I have four <laughs> nieces and one nephew, and they're my world. And it's interesting because I started a blog, I guess it's been two years ago, and I wasn't sure what, I, I, I love writing, and writing's always been something that I've enjoyed. And I knew I wanted to start a blog. And so I thought, okay, what do I want to do? And travel is always is a big part of my world, as are my nieces and nephews. So I came up with Wandering Ant. And yeah, I kind of just started writing two years ago. And it's expanded since then. And I quit. I guess the biggest fact about me right now is I quit my job, my corporate job of 11 years last year. And I actually just celebrated my one-year anniversary. Um, mm -hmm. at, at the beginning of May. And I quit my job to travel the world. So I basically, it had been a dream of mine for many, many years. And I sold my furniture and many of my possessions. And then I bought a one-way ticket and set off and traveled last year to 11 different countries, only buying one-way tickets just to kind of show up and see where I would lead. And then I came back at one point during the summer and sold my car because I knew that this was it, that I wanted to continue doing that. And it's since expanded into my whole vision of um, my business for empowering others um, through solo travel. Okay. So much there to unpack and learn about. I want to definitely talk about the businesses, but before we get to that, how does one even begin to do these major leaps? Walk us through your life journey. No one wakes up one day and just does that. Right. Well, some people might, but I'm, I was not one of them. <laughs> Most like, people are not that. Right. I like to tell people it took me... Um, 
a lifetime really to get here. And because I think so often we see like these influencers on social media and they make it look so easy. Like, oh yeah, I just sold my things and I'm traveling the world making all this money. And I'm like, that's great. And that's not me. So it's not realistic. No, it's not. Tell us what the real deal is here, Robin. Yeah, so I I grew up um, in, I'm a Tennessee girl, and my parents, we would always take cross-country road trips um, all over the United States. I've been to all 50 states, and I attribute that to my dad, because we would, we would go to Colorado um, almost every year, and he would change up the route and take us like either the northern route or the southern route and take us to states that maybe we wouldn't have gone to otherwise and stop and see different sites. And so I, I just naturally had um, travel ingrained within me. And I'm also Sagittarius, which is that adventurous um, kind of go-getter, step out of your comfort zone um, sign. As so, am I. <laughs> awesome. I think maybe that's part of why we connect. So yep. Well. So great. And fiery redheads too. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I always had that ingrained in me and I studied abroad when I was in college and it really, that was my first time like going outside of the United States and it just, it opened up this whole world for me. And I was just like getting to experience different cultures and different ways of living and seeing that there wasn't one way of living. Mm. And at the time, travel also became my escape from reality. Um, I didn't have the easiest upbringing. Um, I had um, just tip. I feel like it's it's very common, especially in our society, but I did have an alcoholic parent and grew up in an unfinished house. And so I just kind of walked around with this one day mentality, like one day I'm going to, um, have a finished room and decorate my room. And one day I'm going to do this. And one day I'm going to tr- quit my job and travel the world. And it didn't happen right away. It took time. And so I, I kind of started travel, I think, in an unhealthy way, because when I studied abroad, it was kind of that first taste of freedom and kind of breaking away from my circumstances at the time. And then I just continued, like when I graduated college and got a job, I created this work to travel mentality. And that's what I did. I would basically like work, earn money, and then go travel. And I would travel with a couple girlfriends and we would pick a different country each year and go. When did it occur to you that you were perhaps using travel as an escape? And then when did it shift to become a different kind of vehicle for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I, in 2014, I went on a trip to Australia, New Zealand, and I realized that I put a lot of pressure on my travels. I would look at going at a place like, this is it. This is going to be the trip that's going to, I'm going to meet someone and fall in love and never look back. Or I'm going to fall in love with a place and not come back, like cancel my ticket. And this, I have, hold on. I have to ask, is this yeah. because of eat, pray, love? Do you think that, that that's set up kind of a ideal situation for people with travel? Like all these things are going to happen. 
You know, I haven't thought of it in that sense. And I think that that could be part of it. Yeah. Because it is, it's like, I mean, travel itself is a spiritual journey Yeah, for each person and it's unique for each person. So I think, yeah. So it's like, while that worked for Liz Gilbert, that's not, um, you know, that wasn't my story. Yes. Yes. So please continue. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh no, you're good. Um, and so it was 2014 and I was also, I'd been talking to this guy and, and one thing about me is I don't really date a lot. Um, I've always been kind of very independent and not really interested in dating unless I've always said like, if somebody comes along, great, but if not, I'm not going to go out looking Mm -hmm. and we could have a whole separate conversation (laughs) on that. (laughs) Um, but at the time I, I was talking to someone and then it just wasn't really going anywhere. And so I basically left and went on this journey and I thought it was going to change something. And instead I came back and I entered a really deep depression Mm. And I, I even looked up and learned that, um, post vacation depression is a real thing. Oh, yes. I've heard people talk about that. It's interesting because where I was at that time is, and I think a lot of people may face this as well Is you get back and you feel this. And you, you think there's something wrong here. And you also think I shouldn't be feeling this way because I have these opportunities to go to these amazing places and I shouldn't be feeling like this. Interesting. Right. And so I did a lot of beating up of myself and making myself wrong. And uh, finally, I, I started seeing a therapist and going to counseling. And then I was also, that was kind of around the time too, that I started my journey to what I call like through transformational work. And I started doing some programs through Landmark Worldwide mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of really getting into that conversation of transformation. And then it wasn't, so that was kind of the start of it. And then it wasn't until I think it was the year, the following year, or the year after I was in actually in a program and my coach said to me, um, travel is your drug. And until you get your next fix, you're not happy. Mm. How did that impact you when someone said that directly to you? Oh, it hit me hard. And I first, of course, was wanting to resist it. Like, you don't know me. What are you talking (laughs) about? Um, And then it it just kind of hit me like a like a load of bricks. And I, and I always call them glass shattering moments Mm. where it was like the glass shattered and I could see crystal clear, like, oh my goodness, I am totally doing this because I would, I would put this pressure on travel, go on these trips and then come back to my day job and just be miserable. And the only way I knew to cure it was to plan another trip. So Mm -hmm. I would have something to look forward to. Such great self-awareness. So how did the healing process about travel then unfold? Because what I'm hearing is that there's been a journey from maybe an unhealthy, I don't want to like say it in a judgy way, like unhealthy relationship with travel, but it sounds like you've, you've transformed travel for yourself. So Walk us through what what some of the 
ongoing pieces kind of look like? Right. Well, and one thing one of my coaches says is when you get like one of those aha moments or glass shattering moments, it's like you can't go back. Yeah. I mean, you can, you always have a choice, but when you can see it clearly, it's like, why would you want to? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of in that moment I saw it and I was like, wow, you're right. And I realized I was like, that's not what I want travel to be for me. I don't want travel to be an escape. Mm -hmm. I want travel to be the part that lights me up and really like helps me to own my full self-expression and experience other cultures and just really embody everything about those journeys that I love. And so it really changed the whole conversation. And I remember after I had that moment, I had a trip planned to Europe. And it was the first trip I think I think I went on that I just felt so free. Oh, wow. Because I was just like in the moment, enjoying it. And then I didn't have any of that dread that comes when you're like, you realize, oh no, I have two days and I have to go back to my life and go back to work. I think wow. it was the, the first time that I saw that there doesn't have to be a separation between work and travel. So you pretty much implemented a new energetic state pretty immediately after making the uh, the association and, and getting the clarity. Yes, I think, I think, and at, at that point, I had already been doing some transformational work and been through counseling and everything. And so I think it was just, I was learning to shed layers mm-hmm. and just be open to what would come. Really Beautiful. So this makes me wonder about the meditation part of your life, because this sounds very mindful, very you know, aware. So I know you have a meditation practice. Can you share with us a little bit about that and how it weaves into what we're talking about here, your travel? Yes, absolutely. So I went on, I was first like really exposed to meditation in 2016. I went on a short, uh, like three day retreat that it was actually centered around photography and incorporated meditation in with it. And it was really cool because we, we would sit and meditate and then we'd go out and just be really present in nature and see it through a different eyes and photograph. And so it was really fun. How beautiful. Quick aside, what is that? I'll put a link on for people because that sounds cool. Yeah. So it's actually my friend, Ashley Woods, and she leads wild hearted retreats. And her, her website is just Ashley. It's A-S-H-L-I-E woods.com. And she is, I coin her, I call her my spirit animal. And (laughs) I coined her as really my, my mentor and teacher into the world of meditation. Wonderful. I've since been on four international retreats with her. And it's just each time I go on one, I'm just deepening my level of meditation. And now it's, I've been able to incorporate it into having a daily practice. And I used to look at it like meditation, like you have to sit and be quiet and still for an hour. And I learned that's not the case. And I, and we don't always have space for that. So 
sometimes it really is, it may just be me waking up and then just getting up and sitting still for five minutes and Mm -hmm. tuning in Mm -hmm. or going to yoga class and Mm -hmm. staying in Shavasana longer, Mm. which is my favorite. We always say as as yoga teachers that uh, Shavasana is one of the most challenging positions to be in Mm -hmm. or poses because we, I think so often we resist stillness Mm -hmm. because it's really that time when you're having to be with yourself and everything that comes with that. So, so I really embrace those moments Mm -hmm. and I look for moments of quiet whenever I can. How did your travel experience change as a result of a meditation practice? It definitely made me more present to the moment and not um, thinking about the next step or what was coming or thinking about the past. I would really be, I like to say that when I travel, I have a childlike wonder Mm -hmm. and I actually have the word wonder tattooed on my forearm um, because my grandma lived her life that way. And she just always had a childlike wonder about life. And when she passed, I wanted to embody something um, of her on me. And so I tattooed it on my body, but it's been really present to me. And it just helps me to, when I'm out in the world, it's like I may be seeing a tree or a flower or something for the first time with new eyes or just being more open to humanity and meeting people and not worrying about like the next step. It's a lot of trust. It is. Yes. So now let's, I feel like we're weaving this wonderful blanket and it has a lot of beautiful colors and layers to it. Tell us about the business because the business is very connected to what we're talking about. Is it not? It is. Yes, absolutely. And it's interesting because last year when I quit my job and left, I I really, I didn't have a plan. I'm not a planner. And I, I really did just buy one-way tickets places because I wanted to just be somewhere, be in the moment. And then I would meet people and then somebody would say, hey, maybe check out this place. And then I'd buy a one-way ticket there and then just uh, kind of create my world that way. But I... Even with that, I was adding so much pressure to myself to still be in that corporate nine to five mentality and think like I was making myself wrong about not working Mm. and not earning money. And so I, I started picking up some like blog writing and working for a coach and it really, it wasn't until November I went on a meditation retreat in Peru and after that retreat, I gave myself permission to just travel Mm. and stop worrying about trying to get a job or force myself into anything. And the moment I did that, it was so freeing. And I traveled for eight months last year and six, the last six weeks were the most profound experiences that I had because I gave myself that freedom. Uh-huh. Um, part of it was I, so I ended up going, I had a bucket list trip for, I mean, many, many years to go to Patagonia. 
And after Peru, I bought a ticket and went to Chile. And I kind of thought that Patagonia would just be like a light once in a lifetime opportunity, like super expensive. And so I didn't think that the timing was right. Mm -hmm. And then I got there and I started talking to people and they said, Oh no, there's so many ways you can do it. Um, It doesn't have to be this like glorious, luxurious experience. And so next thing I know, two days later, I'd booked everything and I was on a flight to Patagonia and I'd met some people in Santiago and they hooked me up with all the gear I would need. And that's what I love about travel too, is you just meet people and they're so generous and willing to just literally give you the shirt off their back. Mm. And, and so it was on my way to Patagonia. I was looking out the, the plane window flying over the mountains. And I just, my heart was just, I was just, uh, just felt so good. And all of a sudden I just got this download that more people I want more people to experience what I'm experiencing Mm. and not just through travel, but really through like solo travel and taking on that empowerment and doing something for yourself because there's something so freeing and being able to just show up somewhere and choose what you're going to do and what your day is going to look like. Mm. And so it was really the, That I like to say that that moment, it kind of planted a seed for all that I'm building. And then I came back to the States um, for the holidays. And then I ended up, I've been in the States for the past six months and I'm starting my travel. International travels are starting again in a few weeks, but I really have taken this time to kind of take a step back and say, okay, what is it that I really want to create? And it's been like, it's honestly, it hasn't been until the last month that I see that everything I've been putting out in the universe is actually coming together to create this beautiful offering. Because I, I really felt scattered for a long time. The pieces like, just hadn't fallen together. So tell us where, where it is now. It sounds like this last month has been incredibly clarifying. So I'm very excited to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I'm launching. So my first big, big thing that I'm really excited about is I'm launching an empowerment challenge at the end of this month. And it's really centered around people like claiming what, what empowerment is for them Uh and stepping into that and what it looks like. So it's around courage and confidence and connection and being in a group with in a supportive container uh-huh. and having um, weekly challenges that uh-huh. help you kind of step out of your comfort zone. Um, and then, so like, for example, like one of the things I did last year on my travels is I like to, wherever I am, I like to take myself out on a date. <laughs> I love like that. Maybe once a month or something and dress up, like put on something that I feel really special in and dress up. And then go to like a really nice restaurant and then not get on my phone, not bring a book and just be with myself and enjoy my own company and enjoy being served. Oh, wow. That is powerful. So that, so that's part of it. That's one of the challenges. And I know that's, it's not something that somebody like some people may just be able to wake up and say, okay, I'm going to do this tomorrow. I don't think so. I think most people, even for me, and I think myself pretty confident and can do whatever 
that I could do it, but I've never done it before, you know? So I think a lot of people would have that initial kind of like, okay, this is different. Because usually we, you're right, we have a crutch. We've got a journal, a book, your phone, your computer, you know? Like I'm engaging with something other than myself. And it's funny, it's funny you say that because when I tell people that I do this, they're like, oh yeah, I could do that. And then I say, no phone, <laughs> no book, no journal. And they're, and then they are like, oh no, no. <laughs> uh, right. Um, but it's just like, it's been really empowering for me and just a really cool experience. So, so that's part of the empowerment challenge. And then also I'm building, um, Wait, before we move forward from that, tell us more about what the takeaways are for you. Like what, what's the transformation in doing that? What, what is conjured up through that experience? Yeah. Um, so just through me, like doing it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, one, it's just like, it's a whole new level of competence. Mm -hmm. And, and also just learning to self-love and Mm. just be with myself and enjoy my own company. Yeah. And then what else is coming for me would be being okay doing something that is maybe not the cultural norm, like awareness that I might be the only one in the restaurant that's doing this and that's okay. And can I be okay with others discomfort perhaps realizing that I'm the one that can be comfortable in any situation kind of a thing. That's what's coming up for me. Yes. And it's, it's so funny to me too, because I'll show up places sometimes and I'll say table for one and they're like, Oh, the bar's open. (laughs) And then I say, no, no, I want a table. Wow. Yeah. And, and even in that, and then when the server will come up, they'll even say, are you waiting for someone? No, I'm taking myself out on a date. I'm enjoying my own company tonight. Ooh, it's, it's like you get to share the, the journey with those around you who are, again, just kind of going on societal norms and just kind of the rote behavior that we all kind of get trapped into. And I feel like what you're doing is to, to bring mindfulness back into the conversation for a minute it, is you're, you're really shifting and putting consciousness into places that most of us go around pretty unconsciously just yeah, this is how we do it. We don't think about it. We don't question it. Of course, you go alone and you bring your laptop. Like, you, of course, you sit at the bar. How, how dare I ask for a table when there are others that have parties of two, you know, whatever the right. case may be. But you're really challenging those assumptions. And I think that that, that is very much a cornerstone of mindfulness, just the awareness of what we're doing and what our choice is, which 
in every situation, we have a choice. We may tell ourselves that we don't, but we do. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's something like, I love the way you said that. It was really, really beautiful. And it just, the, the mindfulness aspect is I enjoy my, my food more and my service. And that's one of the things I love in my travels is I love going to um, different restaurants and seeing how different cultures do fine dining Mm. or even street food. But specifically in this sense, like going to a nice restaurant and just learning like how they go about it. And because there's so much love and care that goes into preparing a meal. Mm. And I feel like a lot of times when we go places and we're distracted by a phone or distracted by just being in other people's company, we're kind of missing out on that. Mm-hmm. Are you doing this in the business though, helping people go and have these kinds of experiences like a travel coach? kind? Yes. Of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm Talks actually coining it as like a solo um, I'm still working on my exact title, but like a solo travel coach, but like S S O U L O. Oh, hello. That's so good. that one just, I'm just now t- trying that on and I really like it. Uh, I love it. And what, what it is, is I don't see like, so part of it is leading trips for people who maybe they want to solo travel, but they're not ready to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And they want to be in a container and support with a group and still have these experiences where they can go off on their own and get a taste of it. Yeah. So that that's one area um, that I'm building. And just through the coaching, like the coaching aspect of it is I've I've just learned I've been meeting all all of these powerful people all over the world and I've been going to a lot of networking events and I meet entrepreneurs and executives and it's like these people have all these great things going for them and then they hear what I've been doing and they just will flat out tell me like, oh my goodness, that's awesome and I would be so uncomfortable going to country by myself without knowing the language. Right. Oh yeah. And I I just, and even the taking yourself out on a date, like even that, something like starting there I can just see like for me, my, my whole purpose and all of it is just helping other people awaken their own journeys and really step into their own empowerment and see how much more their businesses can grow and also Mm. them as like just a a human being. This is phenomenal. So did you... Tell us your actual website. I know that you mentioned your handle and various things, but what exactly is your website called? Absolutely. So right now it's still wanderingant.com. Okay, perfect. And yeah, I'm kind of taking the the slow approach of just working with what I already have. I think you should. I think it's a great branding and... um, Sorry if you actually said the website before, but I was more oh, no. on your social media part. But no, absolutely, that might have been me. Uh, people need to find you and do this. This I can tell that this is incredibly transformative, and you've got a clear gift to 
deliver it. And I love that it's so interconnected with your own journey. Do you find that that is part of the secret sauce of how to give back? It's usually kind of connected to something personal that you've gone through. And then somehow there's some nugget there that you feel called to share. It just seems like so many people have a version of this kind of story that I'm noticing. What do you think? Yes, I, yes, absolutely. It's definitely, I mean, I I traveled for 15 years internationally. And last year was the first year that I actually went on my own solo journey. Mm. And so it's, it's a huge part of my story and a huge part of me actually owning who I am. And it just happens to be that I'm, I'm creating something that's centered around um, empowerment and solo travel and what I've been doing and just showing others that it's like, you don't have to be doing what I'm doing. You don't have to uproot your entire life, mm-hmm. sell things. You can go on a, a weekend experience somewhere and it doesn't matter. And it doesn't mean that just because you're solo traveling or you're, or even you're with a group and going on one of my experiences you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And cause that's one of the biggest questions I get is don't you get lonely when you're traveling? And I tell people you're only alone if you choose to be mm. like, there's always people to connect with always experiences. Even when I, when I do take myself out on a date, I get to connect with the servers mm. and they love it. And, and you get more attention when you're by yourself. Can you detail for us what it's like to mindfully be in the moment enough to follow the next urge, the instinct. Because, you know, you you could do this mindfully or not mindfully, right? So the other way could be seen like you're in your head the whole time and you're, you know, worried about what's next and, oh my God, am I going to find the next thing and da-da-da that probably wouldn't successfully facilitate the thing that you're talking about. So you're clearly letting go, you're listening in, but I'd love to hear more about if you could detail what it's really like to surrender and be nudged to go into that restaurant, talk to that person, Etc. Like how it all fold, unfolds for you. Yes. So one thing I definitely, I set an intention before I go on a trip. I'll set an intention about a country or experience, or if I'm going out and going to an event, I'll set an intention. And I think it, it reminds me of us meeting. Mm. And mm. I remember you saying that you had the intention that you were going to go and meet one person. Oh, that's right. I did. And you're right. You were like the shining person of, I I met a lot of people, but I was like, oh my God, I'm going to interview her for the podcast. She's amazing. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And it was just, it was awesome. And it was a beautiful reminder when I met you that of just setting an intention, how do you want your evening to go? How do Mm. you want this event to go? Mm. How do you want this experience to go? And I feel like when you set that intention, even if you don't fully believe it in the moment, 
there's still so much that can show up around that. Whereas the difference might be when you're setting an intention and you say, okay, my intention tonight is to just enjoy being in the space and enjoy being served. Then it's coming up like everything that's being served to you is you feel like a queen and it's just like being presented to you as an offering or something. Mm -hmm. Or you could go about it and say, okay, I'm going to go and do this. It's yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to do it. And then you get there and you sit down and you're, you're like looking around worried, like, oh, what are people thinking about me? Mm -hmm. They might think think I'm weird. I'm sitting here or, oh, I really want to check my phone right now. No, I'm not supposed to be checking my phone. Oh, and just like a lot of chatter in your head, you're in your head. Right, right. And so I think that's the difference. And it's, and it, and I, I try to keep that at the forefront and I do, I get in my, I still get in my head a lot. And sure, we all I'm do. Yeah. Able to pull myself out a little quicker, but sometimes it can still go on like a week or something. Tell us I, how you get yourself out of a tailspin of thought. So one thing is I I go back to my breath. That mm-hmm. is my number one foundation. Yeah. No yeah. matter what type of situation I'm in, mm-hmm. even if I'm feeling like uncertain about something, I will take a moment and pause and just do, I usually will take like three to five deep inhales and exhales. Mm -hmm. And that just like will release so much just in that moment and kind of get me out of that headspace. And so that's, that's where I, I, I always use that as my foundation to just pause. Um, and then also I will, um, I do a lot of journaling and clearing exercises. So if I'm really like, I'm, I struggle a lot, I will say with making decisions Hmm. and it's because I get in my head so much Mm -hmm. and start. And I always know the crazy thing is I always know deep down what I want. And like last week I'm, I'm going to Albania in July for a wedding Mm, and there's no easy way to get to Albania. (laughs) And I kept looking, I was researching to death. Like I'm saying, I mean, it was, I probably spent a good 10 to 12 hours last week researching options. Wow. And I just was so on it. And somebody was like, why don't you just call the airline and see if there's another option? But I wanted to figure it out myself. And so that was something I had to let go of. I had to let go of my ego. Um, and so it's, it's sometimes like I, I will have to recognize it when I'm in those moments. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'll even like, I ended up booking a flight and realized I was like, that's not the flight I wanted. And so I ended up canceling it and booked the one that I wanted, mm-hmm. but it was like, I knew all along what, what I wanted to do, but I tend to like go in this, this spiral searching for another way. Gotcha. Yes. I have another question. This might be the last question before we eat hummus. If you could go to kind of think about for a minute, the person you were when you were still doing your corporate job and you obviously at that point knew that you loved travel, but you were still doing your job and not obviously where you are here today. Let's pretend 
you're that person and you're listening to this podcast right now, what would be the message that you would want to hear on today's podcast for her? Mm, That's a great question. Take a moment and consider it. You don't have to just give me some quick answer. Yeah, I think, I mean, definitely what shows up for me is around centered around trust Mm -hmm. and just trusting that when you're following your heart, that, um, I mean, I'm actually, this is getting me a little emotional thinking about it, but Mm -hmm. when you're really like tuned into your heart space and what it is that you really want in life, that the universe and the people in your life and the people you meet, they have you. Mm. And just trusting that, trusting that it's going, yeah, it might be scary. You may not know. I still don't always know where my next paycheck's coming from. And I have this deep grounded faith now that I know I'm on the right track because I'm following Mm. my heart and not ignoring it. And I, I think that's where the um, uncertainty can come a lot of times is because we do have something that we want to go after and then we ignore it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or the fear gets the fear. in the way. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, it's just like, just take a chance and know that you're going to be okay. Mm. I, I believe in that as well. Very very much exactly the way you said it. And the analogy I love to share, and I share it with clients a lot, is when you're driving at night and you're on a road, your headlights are only illuminating, I don't know, 10, 15 feet in front of you. It doesn't show you from here to Houston, if you're driving to Houston. It's it's only going to show one little step at a time. But there is some kind of faith that you've got your GPS, you know where you're headed, i.e. intention, intention, very important. But there is letting go, there is trust and feeling that yes feeling as the steps are unfolding is your indicator that yes, you are on the right path. If you feel the, ew, yuck, this isn't good, then you know you've taken the wrong turn in your car and you're going down the wrong road and that's good information for you to change course. But if it does feel good and you're going one little step at a time is what we're given you know, and it's so much of going on faith, trust, everything that we've been talking about today. Yes, it is. And it's, uh, yeah. And I think also just going, knowing that you can, like, I think all, a lot of times too, we think that it's like, oh, there's no going back. Oh, like once right. you commit to it, 
you you're committed. Uh-huh. And and that's not always true. No. Maybe you're right. maybe you do try something and maybe you're trying a career change and you leave a job and you go to it. And I mean, I have, I have a friend who she left, she was at one company and then she left and would, and did something completely different. And she, and it, her making that change made her see what she had before. Oh, and right. Right. And she ended up going back to her old job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard people have that, that story as well. They leave, they go somewhere else and then they come back. But I love your point, which is you're always the one driving your car. You can stop. You can pull to the side of the road and take a breather. You can go down a different path. You can turn around. Yes. Nothing is in stone, right? Right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Before we eat hummus... Is there anything that I have not asked you that you feel called to share? Um, I mean, I have I have a really wild and cool story about surrender. <gasps> Tell. So <laughs> this actually just happened two weeks ago. Okay. And so I was on a retreat and for this, I've, I've been in this program to support a coaching program to support kind of building my business. And I wasn't quite clear. I knew I signed up for this program knowing like, I didn't quite know what I was going to get out of it, but I just trusted my intuition that I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I shared earlier that I tend to, I have a really difficult time making decisions. Mm-hmm. I make it difficult um, when I don't allow myself to quiet. And so there was, um, during the course of the retreat, we had, um, they presented this, there's this year long program to sign up for. And immediately it came over me like, oh, you don't need another program. You need to just get started. You have everything within you. And mm. I was but I was still like feeling something in my body. Like my stomach was kind of turning and mm-hmm. I, um, I took that as like, don't do this. Okay. And then the next day I was hearing someone share about how just their experience and how they're signing up for something at some point or making a big choice in life and how they were feeling that same thing. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, Oh, Wow. I felt this when I was ready to quit my job. I felt this when I was buying a one-way ticket to Asia. And I realized I was like, it's not my body telling me not to do it. It's fear. Wow. And, and so I was like, oh, okay. And so we did, um, we did this releasing ceremony at the beach. And they had some rocks in the back of the room and had us all pick a rock up. And so I saw like this one rock and none of them were big, but I saw the biggest one sitting on the table and I was like, that is my rock. <laughs> and at first I said, I was like, oh, I'm going to release the conversation that I can't make decisions. <laughs> and then as I'm reaching to pick up the rock, it says, no, you need to let go of the conversation that you're not worth it. Because oh. I realized that was like what was underlying everything and why I wasn't... Um, attracting the right clients or why I wasn't fully putting myself out there and just really owning what I'm building. And I was like, I've got to let that go. I'm tired of it. So I'm walking down to the beach, holding my rock and I I allowed myself to get quiet. And I just said, okay, okay, God, if I'm meant to do this program, 
just give me a sign. And so I walk up and we each one at a time walk to the beach and throw a rock. And so I take my rock when it's my turn. And I always wear every single day. I have these three bracelets that I wear on my right wrist. And I took my rock and I walked up to the beach and I threw my arm back and I throw my rock into the ocean and I yell, I'm fucking worth it. Yes. And in the ocean with my rock go my three bracelets. Oh. oh. And not just like in one spot, they dispersed like far out into the ocean. Uh-huh. And I stood there stunned. Uh-huh. Staring like what in the world just happened. And uh-huh. then tears just immediately started falling. And because the bracelets were from my very first meditation retreat when okay. I knew it was time to quit my job. And okay. then one was from like my yoga te- when I completed yoga teacher training. And then another was when I was like ready to commit to buying a one-way ticket. And everybody ran up and they were like, oh my goodness, we'll go in and get them. And I was like, no, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> and then it was just in that moment, I was like, no, they were meant to go. And I just knew instantly and like all this calm and peace came up over me. And I knew I was like, it's time for me to step up to the challenge and like really invest in myself. What do you think the bracelets symbolize though, that they needed to go? Tell tell me more about that. Yeah. Something came to mind for me, but I'm curious what obviously your, your interpretation is. Well, I think part of it, part of it was that everything I had learned from those, those three, um, retreats and trainings mm-hmm. was with, was within me. Yeah. And I already, so I already knew it. And so I, I didn't need to be reminded of that anymore. Mm. And then also on that same wrist, I have, um, I got a, a bamboo needle tattoo when I was in Thailand mm-hmm. that symbolizes surrender. And so after, after my bracelets went, somebody came up to me and they said, well, look at it this way. Now you're making space for something new. And I looked down at my wrist and was like, yeah, surrender. Oh, I've been covering up for the past year. Oh, and so it was kind of just like eye opening to me in that sense. But yeah, I love it. So what came to me is very uh, connected to what you said. So I thought of the bracelets kind of like, uh, um, Oh, why am I forgetting the word I'm looking for? Um, handcuffs in a way. Mm. And, you know, I'm pulling from my art therapy days, but like the arms and the hands are all about our ability to go out and get what we need in life. Um, to take what we need, to ask for what we need, to get what we need, the arms, the hands, they're, they're about getting stuff and that mobility, the ability to do that. And I was thinking that you released that thing that was holding you back, basically, the handcuffs. Yes, I, I can. I, yes, I can see that as well. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a great story. I'm so glad you had the the urge and nudge to share that. Thank you. Yes. And being mindful of your time and your generosity, let us now shift gears to hummus. 
Yes. Almost so long Love language. <laughs> yes. Tell, tell us about what we're eating. You picked it and I fully supported it because I also love this one. Yes. So, so one fun fact is I, I love hummus so much and I make my own. And no, I want you to tell us more about that. Yes. So I, that's when you first asked me, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be traveling. So I don't know if I'll be able to make it, but I make this really good hummus and it's very basic, but I add artichokes to it and it makes it so creamy. Oh my God. And uh, the flavor is so good. I'll, when I'm back in Dallas, I'll, I'll make some for you. I want you to come over and we can make it. We can have a hummus (laughs) night. So my go-to. I'll cook something else. Yes. That would be, I would love that. (laughs) Uh, So my go-to when I can't, um, when I'm not making hummus is I love um, Trader Joe's Mediterranean hummus. Yep. And there's something like one, just so simplistic about it. And also involved because it's like the hummus itself is pretty simple, but then Mm -hmm. it has these amazing toppings and pine nuts and oil that you like stir into the hummus. It just adds so much richness to it. I totally agree. It's my favorite hummus at Trader Joe's. If you're ever in Trader Joe's, Mediterranean hummus, in my opinion, is far and away the best one they have. Yes. Okay. There's my disclaimer to everybody. If you don't like the sound of chewing, it appears that we will be chewing very soon. With that, I'm going to open mine up. Let's dig in. What do you have to dip with? So today I have pita chips. Okay. Yeah. And I actually prefer my favorite thing to eat hummus with are... Um, I actually get these little, those little round, um, sweet potato crackers from Trader Joe's and the beet ones. They have these beet crackers. You're not the first to talk about the beet chips or the beet crackers. I don't know what they are. It's like a tortilla chip married a cracker, but (laughs) yes, they're so good. So that's what I normally will eat them with. Michelle Kinder, who I had on, I believe, episode three, she was eating hummus with the beet crackers, and I got turned on to them then, and I was like, I'm going to go get those. And I did, and they're really good. They are. Mm. This is good. So the herbs in here are the green, yeah, the herbs. What what do you think all this is? It's like a Italian seasonings or? Yeah, it's kind of, I think it has like, um, it's got the pine nuts and then, um, goodness. Like, I'm trying uh, to read this. To, yeah, it's like oregano or cumin. It has like, it's like cumin in it. And here's what's odd. I'm not seeing on the ingredients. Oh, wait, dehydrated parsley. That's what it is. Yeah. What's very good. Um, I appreciate you. You're awesome and an inspiration. It's been my true, true honor and privilege to talk with you. It really has been an education for me. It, it shows me where I can challenge myself more and step outside my own comfort zone more. And I think your business is going to thrive and 
you have such a beautiful offering to give the world. So I can't wait to just continue to be in touch and see how it evolves. So, so, so much thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Very grateful for you. Thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity and just the connection and, and just this podcast and what it stands for. Like I've, I've been listening to your episodes and it's just, you really do have a gift and you ask really great questions and are just, I think changing, like, I love your, I love your hummus segment. (laughs) And I love that you took a chance on, I was listening to one of your last podcasts with the coaching and Mm. bringing that aspect in. And I just love that. I feel like in your own way, you are, you're stepping into your own empowerment. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Very sweet, kind feedback. Yay. Well, I want to hang out again at some point. So whenever you get back in town, please connect because, yeah, I, I just would love to be able to continue friendship with you and see how life evolves. It's so cool. Yes, absolutely. I would love the same. Awesome. Okay, Robin. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please let me know what you thought. Subscribe and share this with others. I will see you back in a few weeks with a new guest and a new take on the meditation experience. Till then, love yourself and love others.